We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome inside another edition of a Pack-A-Day podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 5th. It is game day week. Packers taking on the Bears this week. My name is Nick Schmitz. I am your host. And I am joined today by Tyler Grezegorek, filling in for Jake this week. Tyler, how you doing? I am fantastic, Nick. I can't wait to get into this. It's, it's, fo- it's football season. It's finally here. Let's just Let's talk some football. Absolutely. And once again, thank you for filling in this week. Uh, We really appreciate it. So let's jump right into it. We've been talking about all the preseason stuff, Khalil Mack trades, roster cutdowns. Week one is finally here. First game is actually tomorrow with Philadelphia playing the Falcons. But we're here to talk about the Packers. So they're taking on the Bears Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Vegas odds has the spread right now with Green Bay being a seven and a half point favorite and the over under at 47 and a half points. Tyler, is that a fair line for Green Bay right now? I really think it is. I believe Green Bay should be favored going into this game for many reasons. It's an opener at Lambeau. They've had Chicago's number as of late, even with Brett Hundley under center. I think that Green Bay should be expected to win this game. Although it is a divisional game, so you know anything kind of goes there, and it'll probably be a close game because it usually is. All right, and do you think Green Bay can cover the spread of seven and a half points? Oh yeah, uh, if if they're going to win this game, I it's going to be pretty handily. The 
there's going to be accentuating circumstances if the game is a lot closer, i.e. turnovers from the offense or from the return teams, you know, mental mistakes or just mistakes in general that will lead the score to be closer than it really should be. So let's get into some of the breakdown of the game. Obviously, one of the major offseason storylines was Khalil Mack. And for the longest time, it was rumored that Green Bay was trying to land him. And now all of a sudden, Khalil Mack is sitting right across from you this week as a Chicago Bear. And it's unseen yet how much he will play. We actually have some audio here for you. This is Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about exactly how much he thinks Khalil Mack will play this week. Yeah, so I think everyone in here has kind of seen our philosophy on how we deal with players and and. It's, it's not a cautious approach, in my opinion. It's a smart approach. So you want to be able to make sure that you know where the player's at. And every, every player's different. Uh, we've seen that. And so we'll get to see where he's at mentally here after tonight. And then physically, we'll have a practice tomorrow and, and physically get an idea. where. And then we'll just kind of have to listen to his feedback on, on where he's at. And we, we told him, you know, communication's imperative here. And it's it's not like being able to plug somebody in on a on a Madden game and just say go 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 sack the quarter. There's there's some uh, planning that goes involved to it. So we'll 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 see where he's at and then, and hopefully um, he's able to go out there and and play well and and uh, but it'll be more of a day by day thing than anything. All right, so that's Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about Khalil Mack. So Tyler, he just got traded. What was it Saturday? to the Bears. He hasn't been with the Raiders at all this offseason, including, or well, in the offseason he was, but training camp, he hasn't been with them. Preseason, he hasn't played. How much do you expect to see Khalil Mack this week, and how much of an impact do you think he's going to have on the game this weekend? Well, I think whenever he's in the game, it's going to be impactful. It doesn't matter if it's for five snaps, ten snaps, fifty snaps, whatever it is, but I have I, I've kind of been on the train that it might take a game or two for him to get back into the full swing of things. You don't just go from however many months it's been now, eight months of no football to just full football speed. You just don't do it. It doesn't matter. I mean, he is a physical specimen, and he's a special type of player. However, it's still going to take him just a week or two to get back into the swing of things, get mentally right, get physically up to speed. So I think we'll see him. I don't think he's going to be an important part of that defense on Sunday, but I think we'll see him a little bit, yeah. And so talk a little bit about, because, you know, Packer fans, you know, rightfully so, they're concerned, you know, nobody wants to play Khalil Mack two times in a season, right? I mean, understandable, but this isn't something new for Green Bay, you know, going back, you know, playing against top elite pass rushers. Last year, Everson Griffin from the Vikings, he finished fourth in the NFL with in in total sacks and I'm looking I'm trying to look for the exact number here it looks like 13 and in 2016 Daniil Hunter again from Minnesota finished in the top five going back a year before that Ziggy Anza from Detroit he finished in the top three as well so it's not like playing against elite pass rushers is something that's foreign to the Packers but is Mac different or is it just the idea that Minnesota's got a great defense, and now you're bringing Khalil Mack in. You know, talk about how big of a deal playing Khalil Mack twice a year is for the Packers. Well, as much as an edge rusher 
is impactful on the game. It's not like you're playing a quarterback two times a year. Whereas if, you know, Klomak was a quarterback, we'd be having a completely different discussion. And I feel like I would be a little bit more worried about it. Um, I liken the uh, the acquisition of Khalil Mack to when the Bears acquired Julius Peppers and kind of the impact that he had on that defense. He was actually pretty pivotal in the success of that defense during that stretch of time that he was there. And he was he was one of those guys that at the time it was just an incredibly big signing. And I feel like Mack can have that kind of impact on the Chicago defense I think that McCarthy and Rodgers are smart enough and veteran enough to be able to game plan around these kinds of guys. They're still going to get into the game. They're still going to make plays. But I think where a lot of the concern stems from is the fact that Rodgers is coming off of his second major shoulder injury. And fans are just worried about him coming back in and getting hurt right away. And it doesn't help when on the other side of the ball... There is a guy who plays like the way that Khalil Mack does coming after you. Right, right. And, you know, that's what I kind of thought when he was first traded, too. I likened it similar to Julius Peppers. And, you know, again, like we've said, you don't want to have to play against him. But I don't think it's something that should send Packer fans into full-fledged meltdown fear mode uh, over having to play him two times a year. There's 14 other games. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And so, you know... And, you know, you could even argue that we're catching him at a good time with this week one matchup, you know, with him only having a weekend. So let's talk about the offensive line. So Green Bay's website has the starting offensive lineman, David Bakhtiari, Lane Taylor, Corey Lindsley, Justin McCray, and Brian Balaga. And as of right now, we haven't seen any official word that Brian Balaga will start on Sunday, but it is kind of assumed right now that he is. So if the Bears are going to take advantage of the Packers' offensive line, where is the quote-unquote weakness, do you feel, in, in the offensive line? Or, it, or is Green Bay's line, as long as we don't have to put any of the backups in, solid and ready to go? Well, I honestly think that David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga, when healthy, is one of the best, if not the best, tackle duos in all of the NFL. However, Bulaga is coming off of an ACL injury, and I fully expect uh, Vic Fangio, uh, the Bears defensive coordinator, to put that ACL recovery to the test. And on, also on that side of the line, you've got Justin McCray, who's a little, bit, a little bit younger, a little bit less experienced than the other side of the line with Bakhtiari and Taylor. Hopefully you can have Lindsay in there, uh, Lindsley excuse me, in there helping to direct traffic and kind of point out assignments. That's going to be key in this game because I do expect Fangio to be fairly creative with Mac if he plays substantial snaps. But not only with Mac, I mean, they've also got Leonard Floyd. The, the three down linemen that they have are also really good and really good at getting to the quarterback in general. So this defensive front can be really good for the Bears when you factor in uh, what they could also do with the linebackers and Roquan Smith and, you know, Danny Trevathan, who we all know how we feel about him. But he's going to be playing for this team, and I feel like Fangio is going to be pretty creative. So they're going to put Bulaga's ACL to the test. I think they're going to test out that right side of the line more often than not. And so speaking of Bulaga, you touched on a lot of this with, you know, they that front seven for Chicago seems loaded right now. And with Belarga coming off his knee injury, do you expect to see, you know, Jimmy Graham 
or any of the other tight ends helping out on that side to help him kind of ease into the game? How much help do you expect any of the tackles to get from tight ends? I definitely believe that we'll see some assistance from the tight ends, whether it's Jimmy Graham in the form of a chip block before he runs his route, or even Lance Kendricks just just to help the tackle on that side. I think Lewis is obviously the number one candidate to be uh, assisting in the blocking. Uh, Jamal Williams has shown some nice things in pass pro. So there's some options, and I think we will see some creative uses for these extra auxiliary players to help out on the right side of the line because, like I said, that's where I think most of the blitzes are going to go. But I think we're going to see definitely some use from these auxiliary players to help out in blocking. All right, and then last two things here quick before we wrap up. So this is, you know, Aaron Rodgers' first game this season. He obviously came back against Carolina last year when they were still in the playoff hunt. We saw him in that game. We haven't seen him since then. How, with the type of front seven Chicago has, do you think Aaron Rodgers has any thoughts in his head, hey, I can't hold on to the ball for more than, say, four or five seconds? Do you think he feels pressure in this game coming off that injury to get the ball out quicker than he normally would and maybe not run around as much? Okay, so two things. One, I actually have in my notes that the Packers are probably going to game plan quick passes. So I don't know. I know that Rodgers likes to do his own thing at the line sometimes. So maybe we won't necessarily see that. But I feel like the quick reads will be there. They're going to be built into the game plan for that reason. To keep him upright, to keep Mack or Floyd or Bullard or whoever else is pass rushing at the time. Just keep those guys off of him. I feel like we'll see a lot of quick passes. Two, with any other quarterback, I might be more inclined to say, yes, he's going to be thinking about these kinds of things, and he might overthink. But Rodgers is otherworldly, and he does pretty much anything you can need a quarterback to do. He does it excellent. So I think we'll see maybe a little bit of rustiness from Rodgers, but I mean, the way he played against... Um, I'm blanking on who he played in the preseason. But when he played in the preseason, Pittsburgh. he... Pittsburgh, yes, you're right. Um, he was he looked very good, and he didn't look rusty at all. I mean, as much as you would expect somebody to look in the preseason. So I think it's Aaron Rodgers, and I think he'll be fine. Um, granted, it's also a 16-week season, and he hasn't, he hasn't played, so maybe there's a little bit of rust to knock off, but nothing to be too concerned about. All right, and finally, Tyler, big picture, game Sunday night, home opener for the 100th season, what specifically does Green Bay need to do to ensure that they get the victory? I do think it involves keeping Rodgers upright. And the receivers, there's a lot of flack tossed at the receivers right now in the fact that they're not very deep. Some people would say I argue the contrary. I think that this is a very deep group of receivers when you start factoring in the running backs out of the backfield and the uh, excuse me the tight ends and then you know the three or four receivers we'll see um, these guys are going to have to make plays the secondary for the Bears in my opinion is lacking they've got Kyle Fuller but other than that is Prince of Mokamara who could be on his last leg as an NFL corner and Bryce Callahan who's been a serviceable corner but I feel like the Packers can exploit the coverages of these linebackers and corners and you know maybe take advantage of those those quick pass rushes or exotic blitzes I think we'll see and 
you know, some short screens or slants or drags or whatever else we want to call them. You know, I was talking to Dusty, another member of the pack a day about the, about the mesh concept. I think that's something we could definitely see um, against the Bears because it just it provides a plethora of options for Rodgers to quickly get the ball out of his hands. All right. Well, thank you again, Tyler. And Tyler, if people want to follow your work, how can they do that? So as always, I am on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. That's T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Uh, with football season ramping up, uh, there's always articles there. Uh, I've been getting into film studies lately. So jump on to there if you can't get enough Packers football. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tyler. And as always, my name is Nick Schmitz. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsSchmitty. Uh, as I've said in the past, I don't do a whole lot of tweeting, but once the season starts up, uh, hopefully get into a little bit more of that. We are out of time for today. Make sure you check out Andy and Dusty tomorrow for their podcast. And as always, make sure you're liking, following, subscribing on your favorite podcast that you listen to. And if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, things you want us to talk about here at the Pack of Day podcast, make sure you give us those in comments, direct messages, however you want to get that to us. We're always looking for more content ideas. So thanks again for listening, guys. And as always, go Pack Go. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside of the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! The dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes! at the back. from the 42 New York, fourth down and two. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now, winds up, rainbows into the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown, Green Bay! Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.